Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. Well, very good morning to you on this Monday morning. My name is Dr. Cindy Siwefansale, um, also known as Doc Cindy, at Doc Cindy on Twitter. And um, I'm here chatting about um, something that's very close to my heart because a lot of young girls um, miss about, what, 45 days of school a week, uh, a month because of their menstrual um, periods and they can't afford sanitary towels and then hence they don't go to school. And can you imagine missing five days of school each month? I mean, that adds up very quickly. And some girls actually drop out of school completely because they feel that there's no point in, in you know, in continuing. So this is a problem that's, that's, you know, across, across Africa. Um, and people have taken it upon themselves to go on pad drives. So this is where you ask for donations. You ask people to, to make a monetary donation or in kind to collect pads for, for, for young girls that are in schools that, uh, you know, that are in school and who can't afford sanitary towels. So this morning, you know, for the first half of the show, I'll be chatting to two young girls who have taken it upon themselves to go on such a drive. So first of all, we have um, Kanya online. Morning, Kanya. Morning. Oh, your line is quite bad. Okay. Let's try again. How are you? Hello. Oh, that's so much better. Well done. Okay, good. Kanya, so I came across you on Twitter. Okay. And um, I came across your pad drive 2015. You're in the Eastern Cape. Just tell me all about it. Okay. Good morning to your listeners, first of all. Um, how I got the idea, firstly, is that I'm in matric and I know the hardships of matric. And I can't imagine not having to be at school for the full month because you are lacking sanitary material. So my empathy for the young girls brought about the, the, the project. But at first, we wanted to concentrate on, on matric students. And then we got such an overwhelming response, a positive response from the community. People were donating big amounts, big amounts. So we, start, we, 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 we saw that we can now expand to other, other girls. So that's how we came about with Pad Rock 2015. Okay. And so um, who, who else is working with you? Because I know you're not alone. Okay. Who else is in- I'm working... I'm yeah. working with Kawa Guys and Tini, and I'm also working with Kanye Sila. She's they both on Twitter as well, and um, we 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 doing the best we can to make sure that this pad drive is a success. We we working together with the community as well. Anyone wants to get in get involved can contact us with donations and any help that they can offer. Okay, and I saw that. Um, I mean, people have been very generous, and I, I'm I'm really glad that you're using social media to get this going. Um, how many pets are you are you looking to to, uh-huh. to to raise? We don't have a set number, as many as we can get, because um, at first we contacted Eames or Kanyo High School in Duncan Village, East London, and the more we're doing it, the more people are coming forward telling us that there are more schools that are in need. So we want to get as many pets as we can get and help as many schools as we can. We don't have a set number. We just want to help out as many girls as we can help. Okay, and this is going to be an ongoing exercise, right? Are you going to do this every every month? For the rest of the year and next year and so on. What's the plan? Okay, the plan is do is to do it for as long as possible. Now that for the pilot of our project, we were working with Mzokanya High School. Um, the next big project that we want to get into, we want to collect as many pads for Women's Month, and we're still getting into the admin of that and still um um refining that as well. And as soon as we've got a plan, we will we'll speak about it on social media. But we're planning big thing, big some something big for the for the Women's Month. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, have you? Oh, and next year. Oh, and next year. Okay. So tell me, have you approached? Um, like, okay, who have you approached? Let's, yeah, let's start there. Who have you approached to ask for pads, and what has the response been like? And can be very honest. Okay. At first, we just approached um our friends. We approached people on Twitter, people on social media in general, 
and the response has been very good. And then last week we actually had a meeting with um, a lady from um, Sanitary Sisters. Okay, well, and, and what's that all about? They are. I beg your pardon. What's san- Sanitary Sisters all about? Yeah, I was going to explain that now. Okay. Um, they are big. Um, they're, they're they're bigger than us. They're also doing the same some something similar, collecting pads for for young girls as well. And basically, they been taking us under their wing, they mentoring us because we still knew at this and we, we, we're still learning a lot and they've been doing this longer than, than we have. So they, they basically come forward to coach us and help us out with the collect, with the collection and they've got big donors. So therefore they'd like to help us out as well. So that, that, that's who we're working with at the moment and the community. So that's it. And if anyone else wants to get on board, they can contact us on our, on our social media platforms. We're on Twitter, we're on Gmail, we're also on um, Facebook as well. Okay. So. Um, give us all your details, Kanyan, to make sure that, you know, whoever's listening to this knows who to email, who to call, you know, where to find you on Twitter. Give us all your details, my darling. Okay, we are on Twitter at PadDrive2015. And we also on uh, our Gmail account is at PadDrive2015 at gmail.com. And then our Facebook page is PadDrive2015. And there's no spaces between. It's just PadDrive2015, one word. Okay. And um, what's your Twitter handle? My personal Twitter handle is Kalami Capes. Um, it's at Kalami Capes, and Kalami is spelled with a K, and it's one word again. Okay. And then, and then my the people that I'm working with as well, Kawe's personal Twitter account is Qumtini. Q underscore Mtini. Okay. And uh, Kawe is with you. Okay. And then, yes, Kawe is with me just now. <laughs> okay. So you guys are working together. Yes, we are. Okay, and and, and Kawe, how has this whole experience been for you? Because I think you know it's always good to, it's, it's for me. I I do a lot of good stuff as well, like you guys do, and um, my I I'm always interested to know what what is what has pushed a person to do something so selfless. You know, I know why I do the things that I do, but what what made you feel good? Okay, I must get involved in this. I must do this, Kawe. Um. I- Hi. Um, I don't think it's um, really selfless in the sense that it's things that affect us all. Mm. Um, so um, as a girl, it, it is something that affects me. And to see uh, um, girls doing well for themselves will be something that will affect me. Um, so in a sense, it is selfish because you get a satisfaction. Like it's, you go for that satisfaction that you'll feel at the end of the day mm. ha- um, after helping someone. So I think that's mainly what's driving the three of us and other people that are helping us is that it, it, it is something that will affect us. Um, at the end of the day, and as much as it might not be something that is beneficial, indirectly beneficial to us, indirectly it is something that will be beneficial to all of us. It's awesome, and it's always awesome to pay something forward. I mean, we've all been helped in some way or the other, and it's always nice to do something else for the next person. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much. Um, uh, just so nice speaking to you guys. So, yeah, we'll make sure that, you know, we, you get the link to the podcast, and you can then share your podcast on Facebook and okay. all your, uh, across social media, and keep up the good work. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for the platform. Okay, great. Ciao. Bye. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. com. Well, we're back uh, on the Health Hour with Dr. Cindy at D-O-C-S-I-N-D-I on Twitter. And you can also tweet us um, via the Cliff Central um, uh, Twitter account. So I have Ruby in studio with me. And um, I met Ruby a few weeks ago. She's a young um, lady. She's an intern here at Cliff Central. And she's also involved in a pad drive. So, Ruby, tell us all about what you've been up to. Hello, Dr. Cindy. <laughs> um, well, I'm Ruby. 
I'm a student at the University of Cape Town and I'm studying philosophy, politics and economics. And two years ago in 2013, I was chosen to be a member of the Johannesburg Junior Council. So it's a large organization that has about 72 students and we all just have different committees and do different charity initiatives. Uh, one of the charity initiatives that I had spearheaded was to do a pad drive for girl, for underprivileged girls that can't afford pads. Mm-hmm. So we did this in June of 2013 and we raised 32,000 pads to last 476 girls, uh, six months worth so that these girls wouldn't have to miss out on school for six months. Mm-hmm. So the whole, uh, drive behind it was that it's a campaign for the dignity, health and education of young girls around South Africa. So the reason I start, um, I thought, you know, I should do this kind of drive as opposed to anything else was I was thinking the question always comes up is how can the youth of today be successful? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the challenges that are facing us that we need to conquer and that are solvable in South Africa? Mm. So I thought, what am I most passionate about and what affects the education of girls like me? Mm. So I thought, First, I thought maybe a stationary drive or something like that, that everyone's been doing, or book drives or anything like that. But I thought, what would be really interesting that people would want to be a part of that does affect our education just as much as stationary or the quality of our teachers? So I thought, well, every girl goes through their menstrual cycle. Yeah. You know, whether you're rich or poor, wherever you come from, it's something that we all have to go through. And girls are missing about five days of school a month due to their periods. Mm. And this adds up to about 60 days a year. So that's two months missed out of school. Mm. And I know last year being in matric, missing out on one day of school was crucial. Yeah. You know, you really felt what you had missed. You had to keep on catching up and all of that. So to miss two months must be really detrimental to your education. Yeah. So um, this year I did the drive again. Yeah. And I have 21,000 pads, uh, f- and I'm going to donate it to an underprivileged school called Skodipola Secondary School. It's in Cosmo City. And that's the same school that you donated to last time? Yes. Okay. So I'd just like to continue the campaign with them, uh, for the first few years until I, you know, I'd like to register my own charity and make this a self-sustaining drive so that it can be part of corporate, big corporate CSI initiatives every year. And then, you know, it's just, I don't have to put too much effort into raising it. I just get the awareness out in the first few years and then it just, you know, happens by itself. Mm. So this year I had companies like FNB, Procter & Gamble, Assor and Edward Nathan Sonnenberg and they helped me raise the pads that I have. And it's just all about getting the word out there, you know, making people believe what you're saying and why it's important. Yeah. And, and the reactions, I mean, I know that this is not a topic that people generally speak about, but I, th- I think a lot of people don't even know that we have such problems. What are the reactions like when you, when you highlight that, listen, there is a situation like this in our country? Yeah, because I mean, if you don't really think about it every day, mm. but I think that pads are just as important as pens when it comes to education. Mm. You know, if you look at the statistics, um, about two, po- approximately 2.1 million girls are below the poverty line, girls that are between the ages of 12 to 18. And these are high school kids that have, you know, started their menstrual cycles and are missing out on school. And that's 2.1 million girls that ha- have an interrupted education due to something that we as females all endure. Mm. And I think that's just, 
you know, that's not okay. And that's a solvable problem in South Africa. Yeah. There, there should be no shame in being a female. Mm. You know, we should all feel as, com- no female should feel inferior to any other for not having access to the appropriate materials during their menstrual cycle. And in terms of, um, have, do you approach the companies that make sanitary towels? Yes, well, Procter & Gamble is one yeah. of them. So they have helped out, you know, when I've put the word out there and all of that. Um, yeah, I have been contacting them. But the next step for this drive would be to use um, environmentally friendly alternatives to pads. Mm. And I know there's a lot of companies that do this, you know, like reusable, washable, sanitary mm. towels. So I tweeted about, so, and I tweeted about that this morning. So there's, there's, the, there was a, there's a guy in Kenya who, who's come up with the reusable pads. And there's a lady in South Africa. Her name is Sue Barnes. Yes. And she also yes, she's has, actually contacted me. Yeah. And so she also has, um, um, reusable pads. But uh, so I tweeted about that and someone said that it doesn't look clean. It doesn't look hygienic. That's the thing. Cause I think. You know, I don't want to just jump on the bandwagon of these reusable pads. Mm-hmm. I think what I'd like to do is sample the pads amongst my friends. And we can all try it out for maybe six months and see how comfortable and hygienic it really is. Because I don't want to just give the girls, you know, this new product and it might not be comfortable or that's safe. I'd like to try it out myself and say, listen, this really helped me and I think you should use it too. Well, I don't really think there's a problem because I know that there's, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people use cloth. People used to use cloth in the past, um, you know, as, as, as sanitary wear. So yeah. I don't know if it, it would be a problem. I think the issue would be obviously the comfort and where you're going to wash it. If you're at school, where you're going to wash it. But those are all things that I, I actually should have gotten Sue Barnes to come on the show. But yeah, this is, this is, yeah, this is an, something to think about. My whole thing, I mean, you know, obviously whenever I'm thinking about such topics, I'm always thinking about my future role as the Minister of Health of South Africa <laughs> is that the Department of Health and the Department of Education Either both of them or one of them should be providing free sanitary towels to girls at schools. Definitely. That's my thinking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that would be the aim. Mm. You just have to get it out there and show them that it really is a crucial problem. Because if you think about it, if a girl has, you know, the correct materials during their uh, their their periods, they can do more school, they can finish their education, which means they can have jobs that have higher wages, which means they can raise a family and hopefully educate their own kids. And, you know, the process just continues. And it's such, it it really creates a big problem if you don't have, you know, the correct materials during your high school education. Mm. And when you were speaking, I mean, when you approach people to speak about making donations towards this drive, um, how comfortable are they to discuss this topic? You know, is it, are they like, hmm, what are you talking about? Or we don't know that. Or like, how, how, how has it been so far? I think people are very interested because they're shocked at what a huge issue it actually is. Mm. And I don't think people are too, you know, um, reserved about the topic. And then, you know, they, people are opening up now. You know, it's easier to talk about. There are a lot of companies that are doing the same drive now. And yeah, people are interested in it. Um, I've, got a good reception from people definitely that's fantastic and i know last week you were looking for um packets because you you give the pads and you also give other goodies you give a goodie bag what else goes into your goodie bag well the whole thing is i think the collection of the pads is just as important as the handout day because you know you don't want to just have the packets of pads and just say to the girls here you know do do with them what you will so i try and get a motivational speaker you know to speak to the girls to encourage them to follow their dreams to continue with their education i also have um like pretty packets that i put the pads themselves in so that the girls don't feel embarrassed you know around the boys at school to carry you know just pads around and all of that 
And I also have usually have a hygiene talk so that the girls know how to use their pa- how to use the pads and why it's important to be hygienic and not use things like cloth or rags or newspaper and things like that. Mm. Yeah. And in terms of the teachers themselves, what has their response been the, the teachers te- at the school? The teachers have been extremely grateful because they know that it's such a huge problem. And they, there's already the problem of, you know, textbooks and education and syllabus and all of that. You know, something like pads shouldn't shouldn't be an additional problem to the education of these young girls. So they, they've been very receptive and happy. And how much, so, okay, so each girl gets six months supply of, of. Well, of that, that's what I've done, um, in previous. 2013. Okay. So this year I'm doing matric girls. Uh, so there's about 110 of them mm-hmm. and I'm providing them with a year's worth. Okay. And yes. how much is a packet of, of sanitary towels? Like a typical. On average, it would be about 10 rand. Mm-hmm. On average, a pack of like eight or ten pads. Okay, and then, and, and I mean, at, 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 in, in, in a cycle, cycle like at five days, you'd need about how many? Like so two or four a day, right? On average, per period, um, pads would cost you about 40 to 60 rand. Because you need about 40 pads for per, a five day cycle. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's quite a lot of money. Yeah, right? so per year, it's about 500 rand that you're spending just on pads. And that's only if you have one young girl in the family. And if there's more young girls and so on and so on and so on. And the thing is, it's not just young girls. I mean, I'm focusing on young girls because that's who I connect with most. Mm. But I mean, you have your period until you're, you know, 50. until you're 50. So that's something that you're just continuously going to have to go through. No, no. I mean, I remember I had a client once, a patient once who came in and I had, I needed to examine her and she didn't want to be examined because she, was, she said, she explained to me, Dr. Cindy, I'm on my period, but I'm using newspaper. And she, you know, it, and I said to her, it's fine. I've got pads in the cupboard. I need to examine you and I'll give you, uh, you know, I'll give you pads after we're done. But it was so heartbreaking that, you know, that an, an, a grown up woman was using newspaper for say, a sanitary. And can um, you imagine the infection? You know, you can, the, the risk of infection to use these unsanitary methods. And, and just also the risk of, of, of spotting. I mean, how, how is the newspaper meant to, you know, keep the blood? Yeah. You know, not, not seeping out. So that's, yeah. So this, this initiative is really great. And you're right. It's not only in young girls. It's across, you know, across the ages that we have to be wondering, how can we help and alleviate the burden, you know, for these, for these um, women? And tell me a bit more about yourself, Ruby. I know that you won a prize. Um, uh, tell me more about that. Um, due to this initiative in 2013, I won the Lead SA Youth Hero, mm-hmm. um, of the month. So that was November 2013. <laughs> that was very exciting. Um, yeah, so, and how had they found out about you? So a few people that had been involved in the initiative with me had, um, put me up for the, you know, for the prize. And then we went through an elimination round with other people that had done different drives. And then, yeah, so I won in November 2013. And what are you busy with at the moment? Cause I know you said you mentioned you were in matric last year. So what are you doing at the moment? Uh, now I'm studying at the University of Cape Town. Oh, okay. And what are you studying? I'm studying philosophy, politics and economics. And what's the, what does the future hold for you? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. <laughs> no, but it's fantastic, Ruby. And if we want to find you and, and continue Giving towards your drive, where do we find you? Uh, well, preferably you can email me. Okay, so what, and what's your email address? So that would be ruby, with a y, uh, dot c-h-i-k-w-i-r-i at yahoo.com. Okay, and, and, and where do we find you on Twitter? Cause you know I'm big, uh, I'm big on social on media. On Twitter, it's r-u-b-e-l-s-c. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Ruby. I mean, it's great having you in studio and I'm really proud of, you know, you and, and, and Kenya, young girls, you know, 
reaching out and helping out other young girls. It's really fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I am the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold, we are one. Uncensored, unradio, cliffcentral.com. So, okay, so we're back um, with the Health Hour. My name is Dr. Cindy Fansale, and um, we're just waiting for Dr. Langanani Mbode, who's still in surgery, but he'll be out soon. Um, so I just got a WeChat message from someone asking that, um, well, explain, okay, mentioning something. So some of you may or may not know this, but if you go on certain contraception, especially um, the hormonal injection, right, you get what we call secondary amenorrhea. So you, you stop menstruating. Amenorrhea is when you don't menstruate. So someone's asking, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be a good idea to put, the, to then, you know, to put some of these girls on, on the injection and they don't menstruate and then they don't have to miss school? And, um, no, it would not be a good idea to do that because, um, you know, nothing, everything has side effects. Okay. So even the hormonal injection, even, you know, contraceptive pill has some side effects and some people can't take it. Like, for example, I've had, um, um, I have, uh, I've had high blood pressure problems in pregnancy. And, um, so as a result of that, I can't use contraception. So now what happens to, to, to a girl that can't use contraception? So yes, it sounds like a good idea. I completely understand where it's coming from, but from an, medical point of view and from an ethical point of view it's not good medicine and someone else um had a question to ask about the safety of not going on your period so there's a there's a bit of a myth when it comes to menstruation that the blood if you don't if you're not bleeding that month the blood collects and it makes you sick and you need to get the blood out and so on and um it's not that's not that's not entirely factual that's not entirely true because the way menstruation works is that you have your your uterus and you have your your uterine lining so it builds up over over the month as your cycle goes on and then when the time comes for menstruation it sheds and that's what you get. That's that's the menstrual blood that you see. You know, that's that's the shedding of that uterine lining. So it's not that it it it, it gathers and gathers and gathers and there's this like huge collection of 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 tissue. So did you know that, Ruby? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you can't collect menstrual blood. So I mean, I've had patients who've stopped contraception, and when I ask them why, especially patients who are on the hormonal injection, and they said they missed bleeding. They they were worried that you know this blood would collect and collect and make them sick. So that's one of the myths that that you know you get around menstruation. But just in general, Ruby, when you started menstruating uh, as a young girl, who spoke to you about such issues? Did anyone give you a little menstruation 101? What's going to happen? What to expect? What to use? Did you have any idea? Yeah, no, my mom, <laughs> my mom told me all of that. And was it the same for all your friends as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, mostly like your mom would help you out or sometimes we would get talks from school. Mm, but so yeah. what, did your school give a talk on menstruation? Yeah, school did, our school did give a talk. I think when you were in like grade five, six, you know, around about when everyone was about to start. But yeah, usually your parents, I think. Oh, okay. Because be I know ones. that a lot of people don't get that. I mean, I know that some of my friends started menstruating at the age of 10 and they didn't know what the hell was going on. They thought they were sick. They thought they were injured. They thought they were dying, you know, so it's not everyone that gets that talk. And I mean, it's, 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 it's also an age, I think in this day and age, especially with young girls, um, starting to menstruate at, you know, earlier and earlier, we need to find ways of getting this talk in. 
before the child at least. Yeah, you have to do it the before they start. Yeah, before so the child turns know. ten. So it's it's a tough one. I mean, there's a sex talk to give and there's a menstruation talk to give. It's a really it's a tough one. Yeah, know? definitely. Yeah, and um, in terms of of what else did I want to ask you concerning the pad drive, um, um Ruby? Um, oh, oh yes, the schools that you go to are the are they is it is it um is it are you only targeting schools in the how do I put this in the lower income areas or have you thought about other schools as well? Why did you choose a school that you chose? Well, I did it more in the lower income areas um, just for now, but it's because, you know, I'm doing it as an individual trying to get donations. I think once it's a bigger initiative, I'll be able to help more schools. And what there's definitely choose? still the okay. rural schools, you know, that need to be helped. Okay. I'm just doing township schools, but there's a whole nother but have you thought about doing schools in the, I don't know, in the, in the more urban areas? What, 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 what informed your choice? I mean, who knows? Who does it? Who's not? How do we know that a girl at Dainfin High does not have access to pets? No, definitely we don't know. Cause just because someone, you know, may go to a, a private school or something like that, it doesn't mean they don't come from a lower income family. Mm. I, you know, I can't say I don't know, but I can't help everyone. You know, right now. So everyone has to do, I think we need more initiatives so that we can help a school. So when you approached, when you, so when you decided to approach a school, who did you speak to? Who did you approach? How did you go about it? Well, this was, um, my helper at home. Her name is Beauty. Uh, her daughter goes to the school that we decided to donate to. So I just asked her the contact details of her daughter's school and then I spoke to the principal. And I, yeah, and then it went from there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I've just got another message from someone, from a guy, and he wants to know what menstruation feels like. Is it a great inconvenience? Is it very painful? I'm not going to answer that, Ruby. Do not answer that. <laughs> inconvenience, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some people get pain, some don't. For some people, it's a very quick period. For some people, it's a long one. Me personally, it's just the most horrible time ever. <laughs> I absolutely hate it, but yeah. No, I mean, I'm, it's different for everyone. No, it's true. I mean, in terms of pain, so that's what we call dysmenorrhea. So menstrual pain is called dysmenorrhea. And as, you know, Ruby has pointed out, some people get it and some people don't. It just depends on, on, um, you know, on, on who you are. But the thing is, you don't have to suffer that pain every month, you know, so there is pain medication available, proper pain medication. I know that when I prescribe meds for people with menstrual pain, I usually give, um, there's a very nice drug called naproxen. Okay, but and that works very well. But you only get it on prescription. I know there are a lot of other over-the-counter drugs that don't work as well as naproxen. The nice thing about naproxen is that it not only does it minimize your pain, it also shortens your flow. So I make sure that everyone knows that you need to, that you know you need that, that drug. And the way it works is that you take it a few days before your period starts, and by the time your period comes, you know the, the you know the, you have minimal pain, and as I said, just your flow lightens. You can go from seven days to three days. But the only thing with that, you know, like if the people, if the girls we're targeting are underprivileged or, you know, below the poverty line, Mm -hmm. they can barely afford, you know, their families can barely afford food, which means they are, you know, they wouldn't really be thinking about pads as a necessity. mm -hmm. So how would they be thinking about medication? You can get an approximate at the government clinic. I mean, that's where I first discovered it when I was working, when I was working in, um, in, in Soweto. And then someone else is asking that, um, oh, my girlfriend just recently stopped getting her period. And since then she's been having, um, you know, a vaginal, a vaginal odor. Um, could it be the injection that she's on? So, um, well, if she has a vaginal odor, there's something else going on. It can't, it can't be the injection. So if, you know, if you're, if you're a girl and you've just finished your period and there's something smelling fishy down there, you need to go to your doctor or to a nurse and get checked out because generally, um, 
there, there should be no odors, like no funny odors after after you finish menstruation. So yeah, interesting. People have got a lot of questions around menstruation. Yeah, I think people actually don't know that much about it. You know, you have that talk once when you're like ten or eleven. And then after that, you don't really pay attention. It's just something that happens to you once a month. Yeah. And in terms of, of, um, I know that you said that pads are 10 rand a packet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Approximately. Approximately 10 rand a packet. Have any of the companies thought of like sponsoring a school? Have, like, and, and, and they just give every month or every year, they give a whole bunch of, of, of pads to schools. I don't know. I know that Procter and Gamble has a keep a girl in school initiative. So they do support schools, mm. but, um, yeah, I don't know if a lot of companies' CSI initiatives focus on, you know, sanitary pads, but it should definitely, it's definitely an idea for them. And hopefully after today, there'll be more and more people interested in it. Yes, hopefully. Okay. Cliffcentral.com. Well, good morning, Dr. Langanani. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Finally got hold of you. I know you're a busy man, so thank you so much for taking time out to be on the show. Thank you. You know, guys, I'm not just rang work. I also write fine. <laughs> okay, we so... Are, we are a rare species. No, you are. Especially especially these days with the way things are going. Okay, um, Dr. Yes. Langanani. So, just, um, so I'm in the studio with Ruby, and this morning's show was really about... Um, Keeping young girls in school by supplying them with sanitary towels. So Urubi is part of, um, a, a, she does a pad drive. They, she, she collects sanitary towels for young girls and, you know, because a lot of girls miss school because of their period. And I also felt it would be great to have you in studio discussing just, just common menstrual issues that, that, you know, that, that you come across. I mean, I've already spoken about dysmenorrhea and p- proper pain management. And, um, I also mentioned one of the myths. Around, around the fact that some people don't menstruate and they feel that their blood is collecting inside and they're going to be, you know, it's going to make them sick or make them dirty. And we know that you can go without a period and still be okay. Um, what else do you, what else do you come across in your line of work? I know that endometriosis is a very big thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Endometriosis is a very big thing these days, especially because, you know, in the olden days, we used to think that it's a, it's an old people's disease. But the truth is, it was never an old people's disease. It was everybody's disease. Just that the young people never used to talk about it at all. But endometriosis is such a big issue. Not only does it affect your your quality of daily life, but it also affects what might happen eventually. It's untreated. It has been associated with infections for for a long period now. Many patients have had untreated or unmanaged endometriosis. Usually, have what is called. So it's not something that we can ignore. Okay, and just giving it, just give us a definition of what endometriosis is and what kind of symptoms um, the women go through. Endometriosis is said to be. If you can quickly just introduce uh, what what the normal uterus looks like, the normal womb. Okay. Looks like the normal womb has an inner covering that is called the endometrium. And then the middle covering that is called the myometria, which is the bulk of the margin. And then the outer one is called the perimetria. Okay. And if people go to the internet, they will see those things. 
So the word endometriosis comes from endometrium, which is the inner covering, and eosis, which means migration outside away. Okay. It means that you have the tissues that the tissues that are similar to those that are of the endometrium. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find them outside someone. You might find them. It's common to find them seated on the ovary, seated on the part of that one that is between the bowel and the womb down there. Okay. Or they might be sitting on the tube, or they might be sitting outside the womb. Okay. The problem with that, with them sitting there, means that every time you are about to menstruate, for those who have premenstrual tension or symptoms, every time you are about to menstruate, those tissues as well prepare to menstruate as well. But because they are sitting outside in an abnormal position, every time they try to contract the menstruate, you feel the pain. Oh, wow. So there are so many, many theories regarding why and how people get it. Sometimes we think that the, the endometrial tissue actually flow back into the uterine tube and fall into the abdominal cavity and it starts to grow there. And we also think that it's genetical because it has been found commonly in twins or drunk in the family. People who have what is called dysmenorrhea or menstrual pain, they tell you that their grandmother, their mother, and mm. their sisters also experience the same thing. Mm. That tries to explain that the, the, the phenomenon of, of, of genetic predisposition. Uh, I mean, speaking yeah. of speak and and, so, and what's the treatment for endometriosis? What's what's the what's this what's the yeah what's the treatment for it? Uh, treatment for it, they, they, we say that the gold standard is to do a lab scope, laparoscopy. But treatment of endometriosis has to be stepwise because not all the endometriosis that need a laparoscope. Mm. So when you do the laparoscopy, the aim is to find it where it's sitting and burn it off so that it doesn't bother you. So okay. we are assuming that if you go, then it off completely, it won't go away. But before you go there, because it sounds like a, a lab scope is a major procedure, although it is not. So before you go there, you can treat endometriosis by just uh, simple analgesic, the pain medication. But those ones that treat both pain and failure, like brufen, endocrine, methylenic acid, that's where we're supposed to start. Okay. But if 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 a if a patient or a client is a person who's of a reproductive age but they don't want to fall pregnant and they want to combine with contraceptive, that would be a perfect way to give them hormonal contraceptive. That means your your your, your pills that you take every month, mm-hmm. irrespective of the brand, but the combined oral contraceptive. If they don't prepare or they for any reason you can't give them a pill. There's, there's a, what is called a Mirena disease. I don't want to call it a loop because a loop is a very old, old, old terminology and old mechanism. But we call it an IUS, intrauterine system. Okay, the Mirena, Mirena system that, yeah. Yeah, we put a Mirena into, into the womb to make sure that your endometrium remains thin all the time and suppresses some ovulation in you so that patients most of the time have so much suppression of the pain that they menstruate well. There is one thing that is uh, registered for endometriosis. Uh, it, it, uh, that is available in the market currently. I yeah. know that many people don't know it. Um, so that can also be, be, be prescribed. It's called Visane. V-I-S-A-F-S-A-N-E. Okay. Visane currently is the only drug that is, that is registered to be used also registered by FDA for use for endometriosis. Okay. Uh, it, 
Although it's it a hormone, but it doesn't have contraceptive properties, but it works well for implementation. Patients take them for a while, for three or four months. They yeah. get remission and stop. They stop for about six months without endometriosis. And when they come back, they can redo again. The way it works, it makes the endometrial tissue, those tissues that are outside, it makes them shrink. Oh, I such see. that even when you're about to menstruate, there's nothing to contract or there's minimal tissues left to contract them. And hence, it improves on the system and the symptoms. Okay, that's, fin- so that, that's fantastic. All, all those, if at all, all those other mechanisms don't work, or the patient's quality of life is so much deteriorated, such that every time they are on period, they don't go to work for three days, they remain bed bound, the definite treatment will be laparoscope. Mm. With a laparoscope, you go to theater, they let you sleep, uh, they open two holes and around your belly button and one lower next to the pubic area. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten, ten size opening, not, not big. And then they put tubes. One of the tubes will have a camera, the other one with a small instrument they can work on. Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to identify those endometriosis. On a left scope, they look like bluish, purplish, bluish tissues. So they can be able to identify them and bend them. Out. Okay, that's In the majority fantastic. of instances, they bend the, most of them such that Okay, that's fantastic. The other thing I wanted to ask you, um, Langanani, um, contraception in young girls, um, you know, especially young girls that have uh, suffer from, you know, menorrhagia, heavy bleeding, and suffer from dysmenorrhea. What's what's your take on it, and what would you recommend? Because I know a lot of parents, a lot of caregivers, are very reluctant to give young girls um, contraception. But you know what? It actually makes a difference. You know, you can't have a young girl lying in bed every month because of, of 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 period pain. So, what are your solutions? What are your suggestions? For such young girls, you see, I think an approach to this would be we need openness within the family. The parents need to know that, truth be told, it doesn't matter who we are, how we are, we cannot stop young people to have sex. It doesn't matter how much how much we tell them not to, they really just need to have sex. So we need to do sexual education. Mm. So in that sexual education, we, we need to include the the the, 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 the menstruation, the menstrual cycle the symptoms experience. Mm. So if, if we do that, we can kill two stones with one bed if it's possible. We give we give them combined oral contraceptives for, for, for to prevent the pregnancy because we know they will have that, mm. but also to help with the endometriosis. Mm. There, there are good products. I know that young people say they don't like these drugs because they'll make them gain weight. There's a lot of things that they, they always say. But mm. there are good products like the newer products with less estrogen quantity in them. And, one and of the products is, is Yaz. Oh, yeah, Yaz is a very, yeah, Yaz is a common one. It's a, it's a popular one it, as it well. Is. One of the good products is Yaz that is there in the market that you can use. But having said that, you know, they, they, they look at the Mirena. The Mirena is also very good to be used in a young person. Okay. It, it, it doesn't actually affect. They say that in, in most of the young people that are there, it does not affect much of your ovulation. You still ovulate every month. Yeah. Because that is minimizing the blood flow, you menstruate less, you have less pain, and you know that you can have that reassurance that you won't be pregnant because it's doing those things. So it can do three things that go. Reduces your menstrual flow volume, reduces your menstrual pain, and then it stops your chance of being pregnant. Okay. Of course, we need to also advocate for the condom because... We don't. We equally don't want them to have HIV. Okay, and and how much is a Mirena to insert? Uh, 
in fact, if you're inserting it in a public sector. Yeah. Um, so Mirena is available in the public sector? It, it is. It is available in the public sector. Yes. I'm not sure about the, the level two and one hospitals, but here within the Jobek district, I can surely tell you that in Jobek, in Bara, and in Coronation. Okay. They have the Mirena. And you, and but you, the, the yeah. only reason we'll use that will be if you want to achieve those three things in one. Okay. If you want to do dysmenorrhea, menorrhagia, and to be contraceptive. It just doesn't mean a consultant has to motivate for that, they will give them. Okay. But in the in, in public, in the, in the market, where most medical aid will pay for the Mirena because they know it's an investment for three years. They don't have to pay any other thing for three years, and they know that they will save on the pregnancy because you won't fall pregnant in that three years. You know. <laughs> but if you have to buy cash, it might cost you in the other pharmacy. It might cost you. It might cost you between two point two to two point five. Oh, buying. So, oh, so you when think, you look at the long term, I think it's a big investment. Okay, so Marina basically says, so lessens your flow. It lessens your, yes. your so it lessens your menstrual flow. It lessens your menstrual pain. And what's yes. the last thing it does? And also it's a contraceptive. You okay, want contraceptive. of course. Okay. Yes. And then I think I wanted to find out, um, just, just let's just speak about the age at which young girls are starting to menstruate, um, Langanani, like menarche. Are you, are you seeing it yes. getting earlier and earlier right now? Yes. Yeah, you see, the biggest challenge that you are facing now is, you know those days you need to tell parents that, you know, start telling them about sex and about menstruation when they are 14. We are seeing people menstruate as young as nine years. We had a case of a, of a girl who came brought by the mother because she had this abnormal, abnormal bleeding that the mother didn't understand. But we established that it was five seconds. But it can, it's safe to say that we, we think that on average, uh, patients are starting to menstruate from a period of 10 years. 10 years. And the hands, and the hands there. In this year only, I've seen four kids that are 14 who were pregnant. Mm. So that tells you that they've been menstruating before that. So as, as early as 10 years, we, we think it's because of the diet that we are currently in, because these days we have changed so much about the diet, mm-hmm. about the hormones that we're also taking, uh, that, that people are also taking indirectly from food that we eat, because most of the meat products, unfortunately, also have hormones mm. that we are buying. Yeah. So, so I mean, I know that the the youngest I ever saw at the HIV clinic I was working at in 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 um, Lanesia was a sixteen year old who was HIV infected and pregnant. So you've seen fourteen four fourteen year olds pregnant. This year only four fourteen year olds who are pregnant who are carrying on with their pregnancy who are going to deliver soon. And those young girls, obviously, you'd have to have a C section, or do you give them a chance to push? Unfortunately, the problem, the bigger problem is the baby does not know that you are 14. The baby will grow the way babies are supposed to grow. And bigger than that, small pelvis that is underdeveloped. Mm. And those ligaments that are still underdeveloped and unprepared. Which pushing might be traumatic. It might mean that they have a lot of tests which will affect their sexual life eventually. The best option for them will be to do a season. Well, thank you so much, yeah. Dr. Mbodi, for, for being on the show. I think we should get you on again for a whole hour next time so that we can discuss a whole range of issues because I know that menstrual issues, gynae issues are always, always a big thing. And, and we, we appreciate all the information that we can get. It is a pleasure, Dr. Cindy. Uh, next time, I invite you when I'm on leave. I can even come on studio there when you do it for <laughs> hour or two hours. Thank you, Dr. Tell. I will do that. All right. Thank okay, you so much. Take care.
Cliffcentral.com.